0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I am Edric Jerome, your host. Uh, Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button as we try to build this thing from the ground up. You can learn about us uh, on The Edric Show on Facebook and also our Instagram, Edric Show. So we do thank you for tuning in. And please, please hit the subscribe button and you'll get all the notifications of our new episodes. Today, uh, I have a very special guest, very, very talented uh, young man. I want to introduce Aaron Sincille. Aaron is a resident of Sassoon City, California. It's one of the most diverse cities in California. Aaron has a long history of producing and directing cultural arts performances. He was one of the youngest artistic directors to run a professional Polynesian dance company, Hui Tamanui. He's known for bringing innovation, modern aesthetics, and stunning costume and visual effects to traditional dance. And he's been nominated for two Izzy Awards. In addition, he has been a production designer for the prestigious San Francisco Ethnic Dance Festival for more than twenty years. Aaron and his husband Vincent are also the creators of VNA's Genji House, an annual giant whimsical immersive holiday display in Sassoon City, California, that's made with recyclable items. Last year, his display <laughs> was visited by more than twenty-two thousand people. Aaron welcome to the show
1: how's it going Edric? thank you for having me
0: oh you're very welcome man it's my pleasure so uh i want to start out um how kind of talking about how we got to know each other which was through the uh this year's san francisco ethnic dance festival um tell us about how you got involved with that group uh because you've been with them for more than 20 years uh tell us about the festival and uh just you know why did it uh, attract your attention and why did you decide to begin get involved with that organization
1: Sure. Um, so World Arts West is a nonprofit organization that produces the San Francisco Ethnic Dance Festival. Um, I've always heard about it when I was little. Um, we were always involved in cultural groups. Uh, family members would always go to these shows and you hear about it all the time. So um, the San Francisco Ethnic Dance Festival has been around for almost 40 years. And what it what it is it's a month-long um, show, basically. And there's usually four weekends, three to four weekends, depending on what year it is. And um, each show um, has about 10 different groups, sometimes 12, sometimes less. Um, and all those groups have to audition to be a part of this show. So there's normally about 300 or so groups that audition. That usually happens in November. Um, the show normally comes out in June, um, so they're chosen on um authenticity. There's a lot of uh experts, judges that they have, you what have you, um, that have to look at it from a cultural perspective and also um how can how to fit it within the show. Um so I always loved that. I thought that was so cool because I remember seeing um cultural performances It just shows in general. And I I have a really really low attention span, um, but the way they have the top lighting designers, top stage production managers, um, the top marketing you can find in the Bay Area, um, so that was that's that's always kind of been like the uh, the Disneyland of cultural dance performances because sure. it's just phenomenal what they do. Um, so I I was involved first as uh, as a spectator when I was like. 12 or 13 years old. Um, And then um, I, down the line was a performer in it. Our group was able to get into the festival, which we thought was phenomenal and amazing. And I think that drew a lot of attention um, to me from the producers and directors because I was so young uh, when we got involved with it. Then I went to um, volunteering as an usher and helping out um, to guest performing at other dance companies. Um, and then eventually, um, one year they asked me if I could design the t-shirt cause they loved all, all of our t-shirts mm-hmm. for our performances. They just loved how we did it. So I think that was 2001, I believe. And other than their anniversary shirt, it was the, it was the, um, top selling shirt out of the whole history of the festival. So, which is why they invited me. Um, for this past year's festival is, hey, would you be interested in designing a shirt again? i so yeah, absolutely. Um, at the same time, they asked me if I would um, want to create uh, a, a family viewing guide for the festival for children, because they know we work really good with children. And I used to have um, a children's clothing line at Home Point. Um, and then they asked if I would be interested in being a production designer. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So it kind of, kind of went full circle from being a little spectator into it to being part of the production team which is awesome but um yeah that's how we kind of got involved and then we met you during the screening um so as you know the festival is normally held in person and uh because of covid uh, it's been a long hassle of how to get the state how to get the how to bring it back hmm. so we had to do it in film version and thankfully uh our mayor Lori wilson um, was able to get the screening in Sassoon City, which is the number two diverse city in California. And um, and it, it's such an honor because normally the festival's only been seen in the actual theater in person, which is usually at um, Palace of Fine Arts, San Francisco Opera House, uh, I think the War Memorial building they had it there too um and then also in berkeley at zellerbach hall um so the only way to for anyone to ever see it without the only way for you to see it is if you actually went to the shows in person so we're bringing the festival to solano county and outside of the normal uh san francisco oakland berkeley side which is 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 amazing i never thought that would happen so that that's a big huge thing that i think that Uh, I know the executive directors and World Arts West, you know, I I don't think they realized how much of a big step that was um, until they actually saw the interest in it too. They're just so used to being in San Francisco. Um, And I think the community that saw it enjoyed it as well. And I, I I know a lot of them don't even know about the festival, which is mind boggling to me because I've been born and raised around it. (laughs) And, you know, that's just something we always did. And, uh, I think that the, a lot of the um, a lot of the guests visiting the show, um, if they're not from San Francisco, if they're any of her from our side, they're more from the Napa side. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, mm-hmm. the wineries and mm-hmm. the fine arts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, this is a really good step to introduce um, the festival to um, the community. Uh, along with, uh, she was able to get um, a screening for about 140 kids at the Croc Center. And those kids have never seen anything like this before. So, especially with COVID, they hadn't been able to take I guess was the next best thing. And to see the children's eyes just like, they were just blown away by it. they've never seen anything. I was kind of worried that that might lose their attention, but I think it was because it was so different for them. They were watching it like as if they're watching a Pixar movie. So it was really cool.
0: Yeah, and it's such a diverse group of uh, talented dancers and from all over the world. Um, and I'll put a link in the description to the uh, San Francisco, I think, Dance Festival in terms of uh, how you might be able to see it. I know the screening in Sassoon was last weekend, yeah. but, um, you know, you can get a lot more information about the festival and the film uh, if you check the description. We'll have a link down there. Um, so you've been involved in live performances, dance. And so now you're working on this film. And so uh, as an artist, what were some of the challenges you faced about how do you capture the energy of a live performance on film?
1: So as production designer, my job was basically to um, enhance the locations on where, where we're filming or try to come up with ideas to make it fit. All of the stuff from we when we first started this, which is actually two years ago, um, changed so much that pretty much everything that we planned didn't go as what we planned. Because um, for one, the artists, we had to keep rotating out and changing because um whether their dance schools were closed or they had mar- uh, scheduling conflicts um the challenges were um some locations to film weren't even open so and we're not allowed to go there um because of covid so it was it was a it was a really really big challenge on how to work with that so um yeah. Uh, luckily, we have our director photographer Deanna, who's amazing, and then we have actually have the actual director of the film, Sonia, um, and and I. They're used to working on film; um, they've worked together on film before. So, a lot of it was interesting for me because I had no idea how they were going to do this. And but their their uh, especially Deanna, her focus is capturing film. So for me, it was just just make it look pretty and cool, and <laughs> try to like. <laughs> Uh, we would do a set in a in theater but how do we do it where for one we have um we don't have a theater we everything has to be transportable and move here and move there and has to be uh ready for weather and none of us have a big car so normally we could just keep it in the theater but to, to have to move and transport items make them light and also within our budget because we didn't have a festival last year so um, and, you know, a lot of that is um, relying on the previous um, show. So it was it was a challenge and it was fun. Um, and I hope I love it and I hope we never have to do it that way again, because, <laughs> you know, that's not we're we're theater people. We're not movie traveling and on the set. type people. It was fun. But yeah, that's that was a, a big challenge. Well,
0: congrats. It's a great film. And as I say, Thank we'll you. put a, a link in uh, to see how people can can take a look at it. Um, cultural heritage forms of expression like dance, uh, and music, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, a fun thing to do and, but it's critical in preserving and sharing the histories of indigenous people. Um, you were very young when you started your work, uh, as director of a dance company. So who were some of the people that influenced you to do this work and how did you at such a young age become aware of the cultural significance
1: of what you were doing? Um, one of the people that are the groups that always inspired me when when I was younger, uh, there's a group called Le Grand Ballet de Tahiti and it's a group in Tahiti. Uh, they were formed together by different already existing artists. Um, from what I believe the main reason, one of the main reasons why they were pushed or to create was because, uh, for Tahiti tourism. So, The, one of the directors owned a modeling agency. Another one was a creative uh, choreographer, amazing choreographer. Another one was like a songwriter. Another one was one of Tahiti's top um, choreographers. And so you put them all together and you see this amazing stage production of traditional Asian dance, but with lighting and amazing costumes. And I, if you've ever been in Tahiti before, um, all the dancers in this group were probably at least six feet tall. They're mm. huge. They're tall. <laughs> all the guys were, you know, bulging six packs, and the girls had a big, long, flowy hair. It was it's such a, uh, it's it's like a almost, um, it's a like picture perfect of what Tahiti is like, and it is very beautiful like that. But I think that's what really captured my mind and my inspired me because they knew. Um, how to do a show because so many minds great minds were together. And um, unfortunately the group um, over the years, they kind of split off and did their own thing. The group still exists, but they're not what they used to be. Um, Cause all the groups kind of, they all, they, they started their own group and those groups started their own groups. And so the, you have that lineage of who came from that group and you can, you can see um, that the influence, on it. but that's one of the ones I would say for sure. Like, always captured me and motivated me to want to do something different and bring it out here because out here in California, even in Hawaii, the dancing was, um, the showmanship was never there. It was kind of, meh, you know, or, mm-hmm. it's, or it was too traditional where, you know, it, I get it. And, but at the same time, you know, you, you, in order to have your audience want to watch it, you have to take out five minutes of the same stuff or they you're just going to totally lose their, their interests so yeah that's for sure for one
0: and i would imagine as a young person very young person um you have elders who are quote-unquote keepers of the culture and the yeah, ones who are yeah. really passing it down so how did you how did you navigate yeah. that relationship so that you were able to um yeah. you know maybe pull them a little bit in some of the oh, totally uh, the um, more you know uh newer direction
1: so um, we would always compete. Our group would always compete in competitions. Um, San Jose uh, Tahiti fet of San Jose is one of the the largest competitions outside of French Polynesia. Um, there's another one that happens to be the uh, the most um, the longest running out of French Polynesia, and um, they have categories and all the old timers. Um, you know, much respect to them, and then they would they would all enter these competitions as well. Um, but the way that, um, uh, I don't want to say snuck in cause not, that's not the word. <laughs> sure. The way I was able to get on their side, um, I would say is because the judges, I would talk to the judges, not even dance related, not even about how to improve a score, not even about this. I would offer them, you know, if they're hungry, Hey, you want me to get you something to eat? Or I would talk to them about, um, what it was like growing up and stuff. So I think just being a good person to them to the judges at least for sure it changed their mindset you know a lot of people were just other people were just like can you translate this for me can you um can you uh do this for me can you do this it's always wanting and wanting and wanting and i you know and it kind of like made it look like they looked out for themselves um but in the competition in the competitive scene there's categories um well there's always been one just basic category um over the years because of the group like Grand Ballet de Tahiti, they created um, a contemporary category as well. So you're at a time when the cultural dance before was just one level or one um, category. And then over time, it just happened to be when I was into it, um, they started focusing on different types of dances or different, more specific on categories. Um, So, what what we did is uh i i love both um i love the ancient style and i love the modern style a lot of people think i dislike modern i i only like modern but not, i actually like the old school better it's just i can do the more contemporary because i am a bigger risk taker i guess that's what i'm known for <laughs> um, but what happened was is that uh, we entered every single category. Some groups just enter one category. We entered the traditional, we entered the modern, we entered um, traditional style of drumming, traditional, I think, and uh, the one year we won all those categories. So we showed that we can do traditional if you wanted to, we can do contemporary if you wanted to. And our traditional, you know, um, won over the older traditional groups because we did more research and we did more, we had access to certain books that people couldn't get out here. Um, So yeah. And we talked to the, the elder elders and um, it was, that's how I think we got more respect from the elders is when, you know, we showed them we can do both. And we also showed them that, um, like how we were saying earlier, how songs get passed down and passed down and passed down, which is great. But we, wrote for the contemporary we wrote all of our own music so we had to learn the language we had to learn the different instrumentations we had to learn all that and i think that for the judges that was a bigger uh accomplishment or they got more respect we get more respect for that because we actually did a lot more work rather than just having it passed down there was we created a lot so i think that's where it, and then i think that's where they uh cut me some slack but <laughs> Um, today we're all fine. Like we're fine and dandy. And I think it was, that was back then, because it also at the time too, you also got to remember that these elders also had their own groups and a lot of them, their business is their dance companies. So if all of a sudden 40 of their dancers come to our group, yeah, they're not going to like mm-hmm. us because they just lost a whole bunch of people. And that, that happened a lot with us. We started from, maybe like 10 to 12 original dancers to like over 350 in a matter of like five or six years, because we had what the younger's woman, because uh, our group was all younger people. So
0: hmm. um, let me shift gears now and talk about another. <clears throat> I mean, you're so busy, man, and talented. <laughs> let me let's get into uh, your annual event, V and A's Gingy House, which you put on uh, with your husband, Vincent. So yeah. Uh, wow, that's such a, a, a large event. I mean, 22,000 people saw it last year. So yeah. tell us about it. How did it get started? You're, you're using recyclable materials. It's just, um, tell us about all that, man. How did
1: that come about? So it came out um, because uh, the house that we live in now is Vince's um, parents' house when they first moved here from Philippines. So they always had this house in the family. Um, for a number of years, it was vacant but they still wanted to keep it because it meant so much to them. Uh, Me and Vince, we lived in San Francisco, we lived in Nashville. Uh, We decided to come back to um, the Bay Area um, because Vince's family is getting, his father in particular has Parkinson's and he's getting older and it's okay, we gotta be there for the family more. Um, Also at the time, my family was growing, my sisters, they all had children, they all got married. And um, I was like, you know, we should do something fun for our family because um, uh, my my grandparents used to do a huge Christmas display at their house. Um, and then once my grandmother passed away, the family kind of just stopped doing it. And it was sad because I was like, man, our, we have our own nieces and nephews now. And I would like to do something special for them, too. So just moving back here, we were broke. We had no money whatsoever. We were just almost paycheck to paycheck trying to refurbish this house because it was vacant forever. Everything can be re- replaced. And um, we were switching careers a little bit. And um, so one year I said, yeah, it's, it's, let's, this was like a, I think this is 2017, I believe. Um, we were joking about it. And I was like, you know what, let's do like a something different. Let's do like a gingerbread house. And we thought that was funny and oh, that'd be cool. But then the whole time, in the back of my mind for the whole year, I was planning it, um, how to do this. Um, But because we had no money or money was tight, uh, we started looking around the house for things that we have plenty of, like boxes. We had a bunch of Tupperware from uh, parties and cups and bowls and uh, leftover insulation foam. And around the same time, it was Mayor Lori Wilson's campaign just finished. And I looked at it, and I was like, wow, that's actually the perfect material to to make this gingerbread house, to make this wall or facade, because even back then, plywood, we couldn't afford, and we had to be creative. So, we put it up 2018, um, thought it would just last for a week or so, and it actually did, because the wind destroyed it, and, you know, (laughs) we just didn't think about it. Everything was, like, just duct taped together, and, you know, we didn't use the right stuff. Um, uh, Mayor Lori Wilson loved the idea. She came by and, um, yeah, she let us use her campaign signs and she was really happy about that. Um, and then the newspaper got a hold about that because about her supporting the arts and supporting this. And then we went, yeah, from maybe five people a night to 10 people a night to 20 people on a weekend. And then after that, it just... We just kept growing and growing and growing because so many people said they just love seeing something different, seeing the community involvement, using uh, recyclable and upcycling materials. And um, people, we have families that come here every year, take their family portraits here or family photos here. And so next year will be our big fifth year. And um, we start this year in the first weekend in December, but. Um, it's just grown so much um from multiple uh TV interviews to uh we have a, a merchant coming out this um we have theme nights every night it's, it's like it, it's crazy that this little city has this and it's it's funny because so many people know about it worldwide and there's people that live in the area that have never even heard about it so it's 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 pretty i find it pretty funny that you know, that you can do that. Um, and I know some people purposely don't want to share it because <laughs> they want to keep it intimate and like a very, um, like a secret basically. Sure. But, sure. Yeah.
0: And a shout out to mayor Lori Wilson, oh, yeah. uh, just a dynamic mayor here. Some city, Totally. Uh, just awesome person and really, really has a focus and an eye for the arts and is really trying to uh, lift the artistic endeavors into some city. So shout out mayor Wilson. Oh yeah, totally. Um, let me now shift a little bit to talk about uh, one of your new ventures, VNA Creatives. Uh, tell us about that.
1: So, um, VNA Creatives is a nonprofit organization that's still in the waiting for the IRS to clear. Um, we're so close, but so far, uh, it's an idea we wanted to have uh, or started before. Um, we just didn't have the time. But this year, we're just like, okay, we let's just get this situated, and we know it's going to take some time um as so as you know we do um an easter celebration mm-hmm. that we collaborate with the city now with um we do halloween we do pride we do um valentine's where the community makes their own handmade uh valentine cards and they drop it off at our location and then we deliver it to the nearby senior center um but all of that needs funding to do and not money to make decorations it's we would we want to start an organization where we can go to schools and go to senior centers and places like that and teach them how to make a giant lollipop out of foam or how to make a giant easter egg out of cardboard but um you know with that you know paint is expensive um glue is expensive when you have it so by so many people but with that Um, if you were to teach a a class, how to make a giant lollipop, um, they can donate it to us and put it Mm -hmm. on display and they can say, bring their family and say, I made that lollipop or our family made that lollipop, which is, uh, we actually do have a lot of dedications on all of our lollipops. Um, I think there's about 60 big ones this year, but each one has a family name tag on it, on someone that contributed to, um, the display. So it's more about bringing creative art projects into the schools, which in part, the family can see it as well on our displays. Um, And I think that's what I think is really cool about it because again, the, the community can feel like they are a part of something rather than just looking at it, so. You know, that's where that's
0: coming from. That's a Great concept. And you get the community engagement, you get yeah. to the artistic piece of it, and you have ability to scale up. So congrats mm-hmm. on that. And well, uh, let's go IRS. Let's get this going. Yeah. So uh so these gentlemen can push and shoving. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um now I'm gonna shift topics again. Uh, you you talk a lot about being mixed race and, yeah. and how that's influenced your uh the way you express yourself culturally and just your the way you go about being you so talk about your experiences, you know, being mixed race and just, you know, what does that mean to you?
1: Sure. Um, well, I'm Chinese, Japanese, Portuguese, Hawaiian, Filipino, Spanish, German, quadian Puerto Rican. And um, growing up, uh, I was, I was too white to hang out with the Filipino and Asian kids. I was too Asian To hang out with the white kids and you know back then I'm not sure how it is nowadays it might still have the same type of thing more kids are more open to diversity but back then it was kind of like you're in this group or this group and Mm -hmm. I was always going back and forth And even the family um so my a lot of my um cousins on my dad's side uh they're more dark-skinned and whatever they always made fun of me because I was so light-skinned and um, it, and then now they, I don't know, for some reason they, now they want to be light skin. I don't know. It's just, it's weird, but I always had that, um, trying to find your place with friends and stuff. And eventually found, um, I, I guess you would say, um, the oddball group, but we weren't really the oddball group. What happened, it seemed like there's a group of our friends back then where they were just different. From everyone else, and we all kind of found each other um, over time. But um, being mixed race, it really helps um, keep an open mind to anything music, food, um, traditions. When we have our weddings, you know, we have our big family gatherings or weddings, we have, you know, we have uh, Hispanic food, we have Filipino food, we have Chinese food, we have Japanese food, we have Hawaiian food, we have, you know, we have all these different options. and. And it just, you know, if you're not around that, it's hard to, it's hard to see a, a bigger picture, I guess, on mm. society. Even with music alone, like some people just like one style of music. Um, and all of our lives, you know, we loved Hawaiian music, we loved um, salsa music, we loved all that, and people just thought we were weird. But I'm like. What's wrong with it? Like, it's cool. And I like it and I can feel it and relate to it. So yeah, being, being mixed race really helps um, just to see a bigger picture in the world and rather than just staying in a little bubble.
0: Well, again, uh, let me, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I have one more question for you. Sure. Uh, and like I say, man, you're doing so much in the community and just sharing your art, sharing your gifts with with everyone, man. And so just much respect for that and, thank you. and the work that you do. Uh, I want to end now because um, let's talk a little bit about you and Vincent. Uh, how long have you guys been married? And uh, you know, how does it feel to be to be married, man?
1: Oh, it's great. Um, we got married when the gosh, when was that? It's so funny because we never really talk about it. It's when when the bill passed when we could get married. Sure, sure. We hopped on it right away, um, and it feels it feels great. We've been together for almost twenty years now. Um, um yeah, the adventures and stuff we have has just been more like best friends and you know we can we're pretty much inseparable. Um and that's why we go by V and A. Everyone mm-hmm. knows this is V and A, Vincent because they always know we're gonna be together, even though we have our personalities are similar, but we're very, very different at sure. the same time. Sure. Um yeah, he's he's the one that holds everything down. I'm the crazy one. And um to be married is great because um, actually I feel proud and not as scared as I was before mm. um, because when articles in the newspaper came out um, when we first started about all this stuff, it said, you know, married couple, husband. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know how they're going to like that or what people are going to say and what they're, how they're going to feel about that. Um, you know, maybe that might turn people off. And, you know, some people believe that if they associate with us, you'll be like us or, you know, something crazy, but no, it was very empowering seeing the amount of reactions where people don't care about that. And I think that's what really changed it was for us to proudly say, yeah, we're married. And um, we have neighbors and community members on, on our street before, you know, that I think they, they weren't okay with it at the, at first. When they found out oh gosh a gay couple's living on our street um and you know we totally got that vibe at first from certain people but after the years now we walk by and say hi and you know invite us over for this and that and i think by by doing something positive for the community and um always respecting others they will give you the respect back they just need some people just need that opportunity and that experience to see that, you know, we're not bad people. <laughs> we're not going to change you and whatever, you know, we're just, just like, just like everyone else here. So yeah, that's, that's been um, great. And our families thankfully get along really well. Um, it, 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 he's always been um, somehow in the background with our family. Um, he actually had a, you um, compete in a leadership program with my sister a long time ago and they also um i remember they they competed for a scholarship that my sister got uh in our dance company he used to babysit some of the kids that would take classes from us Hmm. Um, and he's not he's only two years older than me Um, but there was always this he was always there and he always knew of me and what i did Um, i think what really hit it was when i took a trip to tahiti and found out he was on the same plane coming back, um, which is, like, totally weird. So he happened to go to Tahiti at the same time. And uh, I think the thing that's, that glued us together was Disney and, like, <laughs> just being geeks about it because, you know, we're both huge Disney fans. And when you're, you know, in your late 20s, you know, you don't, well, before Facebook and stuff, you know, you couldn't really find anyone to sh- share a common interest with you. And once you started talking about that and it was over, it was like, <laughs> I sealed the deal just to be open and be nerds ourselves. So yeah,
0: sure. Well, again, man, uh, you're doing so much in the community. Um, you, you, the gingerbread house this year, I'm sure it's going to be bananas again. Uh, you're going to have so much going on with thousands and thousands of people. Uh, all the things you're doing in the, in the city of Sassoon Su- city, uh, your you work with San Francisco Ethnic Dance Festival. Just man, you're an amazing guy, and thank you for for coming on the Edric wow, thank show today. You for me, yeah. I really, really appreciate it, man. So um, I'll put some links to uh, some of the information we've shared in the st- subscription. I mean, in the description, so please subscribe to the Edric show. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you, uh, is there a way from a, like a business standpoint, or how can yeah. they get a hold of you?
1: Um, so uh, I'm all over Facebook because I I've messages pop up right away. Okay. Um, it's funny you say that because this weekend we are launching GingyHouse.com. Okay. So that will start um, Monday, I believe. I think we'll start we'll do soft testing. Then that will have um, links to um, how to donate, uh, merchandise, um, upcoming events. So today, um, for example, we have our Halloween display set up, and today is. Uh, it's a private event for kids with special needs. So tonight mm-hmm. is just for kids with special needs. And after that, it'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if you bring a canned good, um, then you can you'll get an extra surprise little treat. But yeah, so gingyhouse.com will have all of our information. But yeah, I, I always love talking to people on Facebook too. So you can find me easily on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well again, man,
0: I know you're busy. Thanks for taking the time out to be on the Edric show. Really appreciate oh, it. Thank everyone for tuning in. Please subscribe to The Edric Show as we grow this thing from the ground up. I am Edric Jerome. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.
1: Thank you, guys.